The Frozen North, Episode 56, our top five games of 2014. Welcome to episode number 56 of the Frozen North Gaming Podcast. My name is JJ and I'm here with my friends Mark. My name is Mark. <laughs> As you can see, he is a little under the weather. I think you're, you're on the upside at this point though, right? Yeah, I'm starting to feel better, but I don't sound good. You sound, you sound beautiful. Did you say, oh, as you. you can see, as you guys can see, they're in listening land. Look at a Mark, everybody. I want you to take you've a got, second. You've got, the, uh, you've got the sexy sick voice going on. That's right. Like when, you're, when you're on the upside of being sick, it's like... I'm uh, just not feeling so good, and now I want to listen to some smooth jazz. That's right. That's that's where you're at right now. And I'm here with my other friend, Brian. Hi, I'm Brian. I think. That's a great intro right yeah. there. Absolutely. Hi. Brian, coming at you uh, live. <laughs> no, not live. <laughs> no. But uh, you, you can imagine what it would be like <laughs> if I was. And uh, joining us in the studio today is a voice you've heard on the show before. Uh, Matt is joining us today for some talks about 2014 and... A game that he is passionate about. The catastrophe is here. The Mattastrophe? The Matt. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Oh, man. All right. Well, what do we have on the docket for today, guys? I don't, I don't what's know. a docket? I. It's like a notepad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Why couldn't you have just said that? Maybe. Because docket sounds more professional. Gotcha. And you ruined it. Understood. You ruined oh, okay, it. Okay, I'm sorry. As always. Typical and Brian. And Brian ruins it. Unbelievable. Oh man! So, what have you guys been playing? I've been playing Final Fantasy thirteen a little bit. <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> it's kind of tough to keep myself going with this game, especially when I just got Far Cry four. Oh, I can imagine. And, man, I've been well because Far Cry four that is game. good. Well, it's a game, so <laughs> that's that's something. Uh, <clears throat> I just love Far Cry four. It's fantastic. And I'll tell you more later about that. All right, sounds good. That all? Yep. Pretty much. Just those two? What a shocker. Mark played two games. <laughs> oh! And it's I'm, been a month. <laughs> I'm just going to throw this out to the crowd. I'm going to do this off memory, unlike Mark, who has to read what he's been playing. Right. It is true, actually. Yeah. I'm going to literally He just, had a docket. What I'm going to do now is I'm going <laughs> to harken back to what I did this last couple of weeks, which was play Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. I'm in the middle of playing that. A fantastic indie game. I'm playing just a crap load of uh, Heroes of the Storm. It's a new MOBA in beta from Blizzard, and it is ridiculously addicting. Um, I have also started a brutal campaign in StarCraft II uh, as to get ready for some LAN parties. Uh, I'm going to re-hone my skills, so I'm going through the campaign again on Brutal, beating it. It's pretty fun, challenging. Uh, what else have I been playing? World of Warcraft, uh, my raiding guild, uh, yep. raids two nights a week. So I've been playing a lot of games lately. Heck yeah. Yeah. And uh, I've been playing a couple of games. I've been playing a crap ton of World of Warcraft. Um, probably should do something about that. But I've also started playing uh, StarCraft Two again. I know that uh, some friends of mine are counting on me to hone my skills, so I gotta gotta muscle up and get good. Who? <laughs> I recommend playing the campaign on Brutal. <laughs> really hones your skills. Yeah, each, each. Just start off on Brutal. Go for it. Oh, oh, man! You have no <laughs> idea, like. 
my computer will not survive the night if that happens. Gotcha. Oh, man. Well, at least my keyboard. I'm halfway through. Uh, now, I had played it on Brutal before, but I'm halfway through. Uh, you know, when I first played through on Brutal, it was brutal. I restarted a lot of missions. Um, I am happy to report I haven't. I have uh, one shot all the missions so far. So I feel like I haven't lost as much as I thought. Oh, well, we got a show off over here. Uh, just saying, like, uh, total, totally, totally rocked it, yo. <laughs> Brian, working on his KDR. Oh, my and, KDR uh, so rocking, bro. <laughs> and finally, I have been uh, playing a little bit of the Xenosaga series. I'm replaying it because uh, I think I'm going to go ahead and write a review of it because I love that game series. It is good. It is very good. Yeah, it's decent. The first one's good. I can confirm that. I can confirm the first one. I have not played this. I have, I have them all. I can go take a picture of them and show them to you, but I haven't played them yet. I have so many games to play. Like, you guys ever heard of that problem where you have too many games to play? Don't you have like 120 yeah. games on your list? My backlog is 120, and my finished is like 150. So, I wish yeah. I had that little. I know. <laughs> um, well, I, I mean, I just got, I got back from my cruise a couple of weeks ago. That's why we didn't have the last episode two weeks ago, but... Uh, had a fantastic time. I did end up playing two games on there. I know I was kind of trying to debate what I wanted to take with me, but I surprisingly played Radiant Historia on uh, 3DS, which was, it's it's really, really fun. I'm actually really enjoying it. And then Final Fantasy X on uh, the Vita, which surprisingly plays amazing on there. I was That was one of the ones that I was like, I don't know how good this is going to be on a handheld, but I really, really enjoyed it. I got really far just, you know, in the week I was there. Um, other than that, uh, I actually took a break from World of Warcraft, so I have not been playing too much of that. And I've been obviously playing StarCraft 2 as well. And Heroes of the Storm with Brian and Brandon. Yeah, it's been fun, man. It is. I I think all three of us kind of felt the same way. We weren't fan of MOBAs at all before this. And then now that we've jumped in and... and I mean, it's Blizzard. I loathed you know? MOBAs. I actually uh, hated them. I thought they were uh, badly designed games. Yep. I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't like the whole, there wasn't, it was less of a chess match, more of I'm going to out-level you, and then, you know, there's a snowball effect. Now, yeah. this Heroes of the Storm has a similar effect, but your whole team's affected. So you can get like three levels behind, but it's not just you alone, it's your whole team. So you have to, you really have to, there's way more strategy. Now, you, I, I don't, I haven't played the other ones, so you could probably send me hate email and say the strategy involved in the other MOBAs. I did play Dota back in the day, and I tried out League of Legends for like two minutes, uh, and then the community literally made me want to burn humanity to the ground. So I was like, <laughs> nope. But uh, leave it to Blizzard to make a game that's uh, fun, engaging. Uh, the community's better, but that's only because Blizzard forces people not to talk to each other. So uh, right, and most of the time we just like you yeah. know play with people we know. Right. Fantastic. Marshmallow fluff and unicorns for Brian over here. Can't handle the His mouth is a unicorn, actually. Yeah. What I can't handle is being new to a game and having people ostracize other people for being new. There's really no need for it because we're all playing the game to have fun. And I'm if I'm just starting out, I'm not going to know what to do. And it's so, like those people forget that they were once new rather than <laughs> Rather than telling me I'm bad and I should uninstall the game and delete, delete it, for, you know, why don't you tell me the the trick or right. what you need me to do but so i just i abandoned league of legends that i mean everybody's knows at the epic uh, bad community and and here's the storm you get a little couple bad eggs every now and then but you know what for the most part it's been nothing but smooth you know i think i like the way that blizzard was handling that in heroes of the storm don't they flat out disable chat yeah no chat and it's only pings basically <laughs> yeah. that's amazing they don't even give 
people the opportunity to flame their counterparts. Well, and then that's the, the nature <laughs> of MOBAs, and they knew that, so they were like, we're going to just cut chat off. Uh, yeah. And no, no, smart move. I, I think the other MOBAs should uh, follow suit. Yeah. That'd be fantastic. If we, uh, if we sound a little different, it's because we're recording from a new studio. I say that loosely. Uh, I moved into a new place and got a little second room where we basically set up my desk and all the mics and everything. Yeah, and it's fantastic. In my opinion, we sound better Hopefully, well, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I want to we'll get see how it turns some out. time on the system and really see how good I can make it sound. So Mark's basically going to be sneaking into my place while I'm out. Yeah. That's right. So, um, <laughs> Sleeping in his bed, whatever. But I, we, uh, we're, we're really excited for... Uh, for this, see how it goes. Um, if you would like to email us, you can do so at frozennorthpodcast at gmail.com. Our website is fngaming.net. We encourage you to go there and check it out. Uh, Facebook is facebook.com slash the frozen north. Our Twitter is at fnpodcast. We have a blog at frozennorthpodcast.blogspot.com. And as always, we are on iTunes, and we would appreciate if you could subscribe to and rate us on there. Mark, why are you looking at your tablet and then looking at me? It sounds like you want to say something. He's uh, do I say, like say something. yeah, um, I see the next thing up is the Fool's Lantern reminder. Oh, that's right. <clears throat> so uh, the ahead. next episode will be out a week from Monday. Uh, <clears throat> we're going to be covering episodes three and four of Fargo, have an all new trope for you and another bad show bingo. I got to say, like, Mark will never admit to this, but I'm going to tell you, I think Mark did a better job editing his episode than I have ever done on ours. Quite frankly, like it's pretty fantastic, and I'm, I like legitimately well, mean that. Um, for one, he's got filler in between, uh, in between segments, segments, which is nice. But it, like, oh my gosh, when you guys did Bad Show Bingo on there, and you're like, "All right, what show are we watching?" and somebody goes, "Clarissa explains it all," and then I hear the music come on in the background. Yeah. I was dying, <laughs> I was laughing so hard, and you guys were just going ballistic on it. It, is, it really is good. If you have not checked them out, you guys are finally on iTunes, right? That's right. Uh, so just look up Fool's Lantern on iTunes and and definitely check them out. Just if you're into watching TV shows and and Netflix and all that stuff, they're on there, and it's you you done me proud, partner. Oh, I'm thanks. impressed, for real. I mean that. Um, so yeah, be looking for, for the next one coming up uh, in a week or so-ish. Yep, probably Hopefully. a week from when this episode comes out. Cool, sounds good. All right, we got one more plug that we want to do, and uh, this is actually for a company that's up and coming called SoPro Gaming. Uh, Brian and I actually had the chance to go out and check out their place. They're going to be local here in Kansas City. Basically, how would you describe... The business in the building, Brian. Um, okay, so if any of you are tabletop gamers, back in the nineties, there were like you know that you had your Warhammer shops. You'd go in and there'd be right. uh, tables, a game room. Well, this place is basically an entire game room. You're going to be able to bring. They're going to you're going to be able not e- tabletop though. Not tabletop. This is uh, for computer gaming mostly, but they're also going to be consoles, stations. What you do, you can either bring your own rig or. Go in, uh, and they'll have rigs provided for you. Um, gaming rigs, so it's not going to be like your Best Buy. They've got Dell. all Alienware computers. Yeah, very high-end uh, gaming rigs, uh, high-end gaming chairs. Um, and you're going to have the ability to learn how to play and also play competitive gaming. Basically, yep. your StarCrafts, your MOBAs, LOL, Han, Dota 2, Here's the Storm, all those kind of games. Uh, on the console side, you got your Halos, you got your Call of Duties. And the best thing about it is they're going to be people there. So it's not just go and just play. They're going to be people there that are actually going to train you how to play correctly, you know, how to compete, how to get that KDR up, bro. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> For real, yeah. Seriously. And uh, we, we saw it. Uh, you know, as it's being constructed, met a lot of the yep. the heads behind it, and uh, in addition to that, they're going to be doing things where they're going to have events like tournaments. There's going to be live shows of like you know MLG. Um, it's really a brilliant idea, and they're getting it on the ground floor, which I think is fantastic. Right, and I there's a they're comparing themselves to a company called Ignition, who kind of does a similar thing, and they're they're really successful. From what I understand, they're they're up north, and I mm-hmm. think uh, maybe back west as well. Yep. It really just seems like what the gaming scene needs in order to expand. I mean, most of the games that that, that they're doing are, are going to be like competitive and, and that kind of stuff. Right. But it's called so, SoPro, Social Professional Gaming. So if you want to go there and just hang out and play yeah. World of Warcraft, or you want to go there, you want to play Final Fantasy fourteen, yeah. whatever, and just chill, you can do that. I think the, the biggest draw for me, though, is that as long as as long as people are willing to take you know get out of their front door and go to a place like this, you will meet people with like minds. We uh, when we went there, we we talked to one of the guys, Lee, who uh, who is the gamer of the the group that's opening it up. Right. And I mean, we literally clicked right off the bat. Right. All of us were just going at it, talking about StarCraft too. Exactly. And Lee kind of looks at his partners. He's like, "Oh my gosh, these guys know what I'm talking about." Right. So yeah, I mean, it's we're so excited for this. When I think that. We talk about those old 90s, uh, I call them uh, tabletop shops, comic shops that have the game rooms. Gamers are a little bit stigma to this closet. You know, they, we, yep. we can stay home. But the reason those shops started opening up is because you would go and you'd be surrounded by people that had the same interests as you. And that's exactly what yeah, SoPro absolutely. is. It's like, hey, I want to meet people who game or maybe I want to form a StarCraft team or a you know team. I'm gonna, this is a perfect place to go. And meet people who enjoy the game that I like playing. Absolutely. You know? And it reminds me of back when I used to play Counter-Strike. It's one thing to log on and play a game on the internet. But if you can get everyone in the room playing it at the same time, it's a completely different experience. It, it Absolutely. is. Absolutely. Yeah. When that's you why, I mean, that's why you have LAN parties. Yep. You know, you want to be around your friends exactly. while you're playing. Because, yeah, you can sit there at home with a headset on and stuff like that. But it really isn't the same. Yep. It's not the same as sitting next to, to a friend of yours and just, you know. High-fiving. Absolutely. Yeah. They do have they do have a Kickstarter up, uh, and I want to say this is this is one of the things that I think is the best part. And I was gushing about this to them the other day. I've talked about when we've done spotlights on the show before, and I've talked about Kickstarter and everything. And I'm like, I've always been a big advocate on Kickstarter should not fund your business; it should enhance your business. Yeah. These guys are going to be building this place regardless. They've got the money, they've got the means to do so. They already know exactly what they're going to do, where they're going to do it, and how it's going to go. They're using Kickstarter to get their name out there. I think it's a perfect idea. All they're asking for is fifteen hundred dollars. Uh, the last time I checked, they were at I think between six and seven hundred bucks, and there's uh, maybe a little over a week left uh, when this airs. Go on there, just donate. You know, one, five, ten, twenty, whatever you can, just to help them out. Even if you're not from Kansas City, which is where they're going to be, you know, based out of starting out. Yeah. Think of it like, and I th- I know this is how we're looking at it. Right. Don't think of it as this is a, a gaming place for Kansas City people to go. Think of it as kind of a stepping stone for gaming in general. These you are going to got to start somewhere. This is the future. I mean, seriously, this, absolutely. This kind of thing is going to start popping up. Uh, gaming is so huge right now. It's esports are going through the roof. Yeah, and as these as esports get bigger, these are going to start spreading. So, like, definitely, if you're local KC. There's yeah, no reason not to, Absolutely. you know, if you're a gamer. But if you know you're living out there um, somewhere, you probably won't get to it. 
you know, pitching a little, pitching a little bit here to invest in gaming. Like that's kind of how I look at it. Like yep. this is the the future, and it's going to start ramping up pretty quickly. I and think. they got some good rewards on there too. Yeah. So you're still, you know, even if you're not living here, you're still getting right. there. And if you ever come to KC, you want to hang it. out with us. I'll buy you beer, and uh, we can. I don't want to say that because if there's like ten thousand people that call me up, right. I want beer. Yeah, you're up. on the hook. <laughs> don't do that, Natty Light. I retract for my previous statement. I will go out with you for a beer. Past uh, blue ribbon, <laughs> but. Yeah, I mean, it, just like I said, look at it as you are supporting the hobby. You are supporting people getting into the hobby. And, you know, when we were kids, gaming really was looked down upon and stuff like that. And it was, it was you know, somebody, you told somebody you were a gamer and they were like, oh, nerd, right off the bat. Right. And you still hear that every now and then. But it's kind of the mainstream now. Now so. it's <laughs> like if somebody says, ah, you're a nerd, chances are they're going to follow it up with, yeah, I kind of am too. Right, because everybody is into this stuff. Yep. And again, esports are on the rise. They've been on freaking ESPN a few times already. You know, th- this place is, like I said, it's going to be just a, a stepping stone to something much greater. And uh, I think these guys are making all the right moves so far. So, wholeheartedly applaud what they're doing. And uh, if you get the chance, please, please, please go to their Kickstarter, donate. The name is So Pro. That's one word: S O P R O. Gaming. Just you know. Give them some help. Yep, absolutely. Because they, they deserve it. And uh, they, they definitely just, like I said, we talked to them and they've got their hearts in the right place. And we fully support what they're doing. So cannot wait to see what the future holds. Betcha. Cool. All right. News. Brian. Going to keep it short and simple because we got a lot of stuff going on. Um, I've got two articles and then uh, my friend Matt here has uh, one. The first one is, uh, as you all know, the order uh, got reviewed and has been getting pretty low scores. Uh but mainly due to a what people are saying is an abridged campaign uh, and far too many cutscenes. Play it for yourself. By the time you hear this, that's uh, been out for a few days. I kind of have. I kind of take exception to what I like to call inconsistent reviews. Right. So you'll get a game like uh, Metal Gear Solid Four, which is basically cutscenes, right? And it's loved. It's longer, but it also has longer cutscenes, right? You know that forty-five minute cutscene to, to to name one. And then you got games that come out, and now it's no, we don't like cutscenes. Um, I haven't played it yet, so I don't want to speak on it. But I don't like how reviews have become so inconsistent, where it's just kind of like I'm going to give it a four because this is why. And then you go back in the reviewer history and be like, but you gave that game a nine, and it was almost the exact same thing you were explaining in this one. So yeah, big big deal. And then uh, the next bit of news is a little well, real oh, quick, ahead, just on that. I I, I mean. I don't like that that's going to sway a lot of people because people are like going ballistic over. It's probably because so many people own PS4. My, my brother said it, played it, and he said, dude, it's like one of the most gorgeous games. See, and I, I think that because I'm still going to get it. Yeah. I think if the only thing, because I haven't seen any any bad reviews for it other than the length, that's it. Exactly. If that's the only thing holding it back, then, you know, I'll probably wait for a price drop, sure. but I'll still pick it up. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I don't know. I just. Uh, Making a game cinematic is in no way should be a uh, barometer. You know what I mean? Like that's a lot of people like that, right? Exactly. Uh, and then our next piece of news, and this is a little bit of selfish news. Um, by the time you hear this, uh, Dragon Ball Z Xenoverse will be on the cusp of being released, and Brian and I will be locked away oh, yeah. for a couple of days. Nice. Dragon Ball Xenoverse is releasing on the twenty fourth, which is a Tuesday, I believe. Yep. Uh, and uh, Dragon Ball Z, guys, Dragon Ball Z, and uh, from what I have. I've- from what I've heard, it's got like almost every character an amazing like new story where you're actually trying to go back in time to stop some some time time rifters. Oh my god! I think I you create your you, own. You character make your too. own character. Yeah. It, it, 
three, four or five different races, and then you basically go back in time and stop really like important events in the Dragon Ball Z universe. I'm like giddy thinking about it. That actually sounds it's really gonna be cool. All, and like the people who have played it have actually said, "Oh my gosh, a legitimate Dragon Ball Z." Game. This is now, for the first time. I'm like, okay, okay. It could still totally be garbage. Oh, absolutely. But, but it's Dragon Ball hey, Z. we played Battle of Z. Yes, and we, we were did. Like, and it was a garbage game, but we were still giddy. Absolutely. And Brandon had no Brandon idea what we were talking about. ruined everything because he wouldn't stick with uh, cannon. Unbelievable. Cannon. Who fights Frieza with another version of Frieza? <laughs> Come on. I mean, really? Come on, Brandon. Yeah. Man, if it's that good, I mean, I liked Budokai Tenkaichi, so I guess I'm going to have to pick this one up. Yeah. I, rec- I yeah, mean, you can play with us. Yeah, Absolutely. It's gonna be fantastic. Heck yeah, Matt! You got uh, one bit of news? Yeah, I got some uh, some pretty terrible news. All right, uh, guys, uh, Triace, the legendary developer of the Star Ocean and Valkyrie Profile series, has been purchased by uh, Napro Japan. They are a mobile game based company in Japan. I have done some research. The acquisition uh, does not carry with it the IP rights for those franchises. Uh, Square Enix basically still owes those, but uh, it will no longer have the powerhouse um, design team that is Tri-Ace with their beautiful combat systems that we've come to adore over the years. So uh, some sad news there. Um, I do think that it is important, though, that we can still you know, at least have those franchises on consoles still. But, uh, yeah, any time that something like this happens and mobile games get uh, a step in the direction of actually invading our space uh i get a little nervous no nope. so. mobile gaming is here to stay man get used to it we're curmudgeonly and old so yeah well i we appreciate like it that they would make their own stuff and not right. uh actually take over the stuff that we already it's where have. the money is right now it's where the Ugh, big money is unfortunately yeah. I, I don't understand the logic behind it like i don't really feel like that they're going to actually do any better you're gonna get to level 20 and then it'll price. say would you like to buy well, access to level 30 well let me God. let me just I mean, there's an episode quick. of South Park all about this. The reason quick, why it's so you know, profitable. This is why mobile gaming is where the money is. You may not be a gamer, but you own a phone. Okay? A smartphone. Almost everybody I know has a smartphone. Yep. And what's available on those? Mobile games. So you may not even be a gamer, but you might be like, oh, look, that looks fun. I'll purchase it for... Yeah, I've got a 20-minute 20, 20 bus ride. I might right. as well do something. See, so. to, me, to me, mobile games on a smartphone are like playing a Wii game, but if the Wiimote didn't have buttons on it. Like, you're forced to use this horrible control system that hasn't been ironed out yet, and there's nothing to support it. Gentlemen, we're just old and curmudgeonly and don't like change, so it, it scares us. But I, uh, I, I, don't, I don't mind change. I just don't like bad games. Yeah. Well, I, You know what? If we had a shortage of good games, I'd be more concerned, but we still have plenty of awesome yeah. games yeah, every well, year. Yeah. I'm still worried about the JRPG uh, in, a, in as a whole, so this uh, doesn't do my it biggest any fear is what's already begun to happen. You've got micro microtransactions on mobile games, which is why a lot of gamers don't like mobile gaming. Right, it's already starting to spill over into mm-hmm. like DLCs and that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know that's what I'm afraid of. Seeing more of that happen, because yeah, if I've got the game, it's great, but if I have to pay for additional content, yeah, come on. All right, not too bad. We're doing a review today. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. It's going to get a little bit testy Contra- here. Controversial game. I can guarantee that we won't have a consensus. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> so, Final Fantasy thirteen, developed by Square Enix, published by Square Enix. What system did you guys all play it on, by the way? PC. PC. Brian? Uh, I played it on the PS3. 
PS3? Peasizzle 3? Yep, me too, PS3. So Mark is the only weirdo. <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> well, at least he didn't buy it for the 360. <laughs> he got to experience all of Snow's facial His hair. brother did, though. Yep. Your brother played it on, on 360. He didn't. You uh, did too? Bad Marcus. That's got a front he, he couldn't finish it, though. He wasn't a fan. I understand. I, <laughs> oh, I bet you do. <laughs> it starts. My, my, well, hold on. You say that like it's a bad thing, but Mark, if you didn't, if you finished games regularly and then couldn't finish Final, finish Final Fantasy XIII, that's true. It would be That's like, true. oh my god. Yeah. But I usually can get further into a game before I lose okay. interest. That's legitimate. But just saying you didn't finish, it's like, it's like, well, you don't finish anything. I just want to say I got ninety eight percent of the way through uh, Star Ocean until the end of time. That's true. That's true. You did, and that was a vastly superior game. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> Dim, Dim's fighting words. <laughs> wow. There you All have right. it. All right. Let's just because of the plot twist, right? <laughs> well, obviously. Yeah. No, the combat was really good in that game, too. I agree. I like the combat in that game, too. All right. Well, let's start off with some pros. Why don't Mark and I start since we probably have the least amount? Sure. Um, <laughs> uh, I'll go first. The graphics, obviously. Oh, yeah. The game is drop-dead gorgeous. It's mm-hmm. phenomenal. Um, I like... This is me being an objective gamer, because as you know, I was not a fan of this stuff. Sure. I like that they took a chance with the combat system and did something different. I can appreciate it. Am I a fan of it? Not really. But you can definitely see that they were trying something new. Um, and there's, you know, it, it, it's a little more action-y than I would have liked, because I don't... Reaction time belongs in my first-person shooters, not my not my RPGs. Yeah. So, uh yeah, that's about, about what I got. And I think the premise is kind of cool. I've gotten a lot of pushback from someone in this room about the combat system. <laughs> and I kind of agree. You know, we can't just continue to do the old-fashioned turn-based battles for every single JRPG right. from now to the end of time. We have to try some new things. And the game did try some really interesting new things. I think, well, I'll tell you why I didn't like it when we get to the cons, but... It was definitely a, an admirable risk that they took. For sure. Uh, <clears throat> I also thought the music was fantastic in the game. and uh, I think I'm like the only it. one that wasn't a fan of the music. Really? I loved it. I, uh, I have issues, too. Let me, let me, hold on. Let me, let me backtrack a little bit. It's not that I didn't like it. It's the fact that all the older Final, Final Fantasies, the music is like the, the main, one of the main focal points. It is the, like, a huge part of the game. In 13, it was just background noise. I thought the uh, the title screen music was actually pretty magical. Yeah, so, well, yeah, me... but you're not playing the game. You're not doing anything, right. really. Yeah, that's. I, I mean, and, uh, you know. the the background music. I don't know if I even remember what it sounded like. Exactly. Right. But I have, the cinematic I mean. the cinematic music was pretty well done. There there are some songs though that are going on in Final Fantasy 13 where there's vocals, right? Which is background weird. music, which is really weird to me. Yeah. So I would consider those particular songs to be misses, but overall the music is still gorgeous in its own right so i give it a pass. I, I guess not memorable to me is probably what what i should probably say it's not ron far from final fantasy 11 no for me nope oh is it me? that it the, is that it for you mark oh the the voice acting is good mm-hmm. oh yeah i didn't have a problem with voice acting yeah that was pretty good yep <laughs> that's it <laughs> all right <laughs> Uh, for me, uh, the graphics, obviously, we touched on that. The music, uh, I'll expand more. And I, I really liked Lightning as a character. Um, she 
was almost a refreshing take on a main character from... So with Japanese characters, you have a lot of outward emotion and a lot of like... So for an example, Cloud or Squall in Final Fantasy VII and VIII respectively kind of started out like lightning, but then just absolutely devolved into just such an emo, like existential crisis every minute, always brooding about something, always complaining about something, always being like overly melodramatic, right? Oh, so hope? Right, right, exactly. So that's your typical JRPG main character. They did something different with with, with Lightning. She's actually more, uh, she's a soldier, so she's actually very stoic uh, the way she is. You can tell that she's in pain for a lot of the for a lot of the game but that it doesn't ever do you don't ever have that moment where you get in her head and she's like oh my god i just can't take life anymore i just this life is just uh, i'm so depressed like it doesn't never ever do that but you can the way she's voice acted and the way she kind of acts is kind of it kind of uh, you know you can tell she's a soldier and she's a badass and she's tough but at the same time you know that she's got some stuff she's dealing with but she doesn't ever like oh my god i'm so sad you know what i mean which i appreciate a lot in games subtle Character development is one of my favorites. So that she's a big, a big reason. There, there were some characters in the game that uh, I could have just go ahead and gone ahead and just get out of here. But uh, I, as far she as she had the emotional range of Al Pacino, but that's, that's but yeah, but that's what we're that's she what just they shouts were, and punches people, right? But I that's what <laughs> uh, that's what they're going for, right? A soldier, a somebody who is hardened and. Like things don't phase her, right? So I thought they. I hit agree the with that. I just well. don't see the background. Like I, the other stuff is is around her, right. but I don't think it's affecting her at all. I can't see that at all. There was subtle stuff in the game, and I haven't played it in a long time, so bear with me. But I I remember taking that away from the game. Um, it's the same in all. Three. I also I also really liked the. I also really like. Well, that's good. The other two were <laughs> like that. Um, I also like the combat. Uh, the combat is. It gets complicated near the end where it's paradigm shifts, basically. So instead of picking a magic spell or picking a an attack spell, you're basically telling your character to switch to a paradigm, and then they do. It keeps the, the battle flowing very cinematically. Um, and at first, it's really like, this is it? But at the end of the game, it gets to the point where you're actually thinking like three moves ahead and switching paradigms quickly, and it, it, it was uh, kind of exhilarating um, for me. So yeah, I think that about covers my pros on the game. All right. Well, I'm glad that I went last. Uh, you guys are have already said a lot of the things that I was already going to say. Um, I would like to also mention the way the story is delivered. If you enjoy puzzles, um, piecing together the story and trying to figure out what's going on, um, this is definitely a game that you'll enjoy. Um, I personally love doing that. I love doing it in Final Fantasy VII specifically. Um, although I do think the Final Fantasy VII is a little bit easier to put together than this game, um, simply because so much of the information you need, you actually have to go into like a submenu and read backstory, which is unfortunate. I kind of wish that some of that stuff actually made it into the game. But um, overall, I, I love piecing together what was actually going on with the plot and figuring out the motiv- motivations of all the characters. On top of that, I thought that the emotional growth of a lot of the characters was really, really good. Um, a lot of people disagree with me on that, but I agree with Brian. I, I like the subtle development of all the characters, especially Lightning. Throughout all three games, you kind of see her just kind of become slowly devastated at the fact that she just can't quite cut the mustard uh, until the very end of the third game. So, yeah, but you can't. I I, I see what you're saying, and and I think. Uh, well, I guess we can move on to. Is that it for your pros? 
Um, no, I mean, I, I like the combat system too, although there are unfortunate flaws with it that we'll get into with my cons. Right. Um, by the end of the game, when you're actually doing like the challenge bosses with the hunts on Grand Pulse, that's the most fun I think I've ever had in any RPG ever, and it's certainly the most challenging. I've never been challenged before by a Final Fantasy title like this, ever. There's no easy solution ever. to these fights. It's You kind of have to think on the fly. There's a lot of dynamic decisions that have to be made. You also have really to play good. that long to get there. I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. We'll touch on that That's in a minute. That's a problem. It sure is. Cons. Are we ready? You want to yeah. start? I can no, start no, no. us off. Yeah, you can go, go first. I can start us they're going to have the most on this list. Right, but let me start us off. Well, no, I'll just say Final Fantasy Thirteen. <laughs> let me start us off. So one of the big problems with uh, Final Fantasy Thirteen, and I'm judging Final Fantasy Thirteen as a standalone. I know there's two other games. But I'm not... You That's how we're reviewing right. it, so yeah. So as a standalone game, one of the big things is the setting was cool, but I had no idea why was Cocoon there, what was Grand Pulse. They didn't ever elaborate on that in the first game, right? In that, From that, that point when I played it, I was like, uh, is this... So what? why? Why? Like, how did it get there? It's really, really quick, what? just something... This was me. Like, I actually had a Brian moment when I first played it and saw... Pulse and Cocoon so close to each other like that. I was like, isn't there something with gravity that would mess this right. up when two planets are really close to each other? I don't, yeah, I don't physics. know. Well, and, and by the end of the game, there's really no question. You know the story of the game, but I am a person who likes to know the meta. Like, I want to know right. the world, why it's there, what happened. And I know there's other games that address that, but when I beat the game, I was like, oh, is this it? So I had the setting was cool. Didn't like the, the kind of, we're not going to tell you anymore, right? Living it open and then I was like, oh, why? I want to know more. Well, uh, honestly, to defend a mm-hmm. little bit of it, I can't believe I'm doing this. Yeah. But like Matt said, a lot of that is actually in the game in the sub menus that you have to read and sure. do all that oh, stuff. Oh, it's Destiny. Uh, well, no, you don't have to go to a website. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but and I, never I wholeheartedly that. agree. I, th- I wish that stuff would have been integrated into the yeah. story. I, I don't want to read through sub menus if I'm but, not already interested from the beginning. Yeah, but that goes into my next con. So what do you what do you usually get with a game an RPG where you can find that subtext of the of the meta world right you get towns where you can go talk to people yep where you can Bookshelves. literally where you can literally go and say hey townsperson and he's like oh my gosh this town was ransacked by this empire and we you know what I mean you can get all this little tidbit information by towns well that does not happen in this game uh, in fact it is so linear that there's not even branching like it's literally just a corridor. The whole game. Is well, like not that. the whole. Other game. than other than like three two quarters thirds of the, of the game. Yeah, two thirds of the game is a corridor running, so you get no flavor. You get to see the set piece, which is really cool, but you literally get no. You don't stop and see a townsperson. You don't stop in a shop. You don't go to a new place. It's literally just I'm going to run straight this way. They have shops. I, They're little I, balls of light that you talk to. Ooh. I also found it really humorous when you're in one of these corridors and you come across like an orb. That you click on and then you watch a cutscene and watch like a huge bridge like create itself in front of you and you're like, oh, so that's this game's version of a puzzle. Right. I see. Oh, I, I won the puzzle. Okay, great. I get to move on. Yep. Awesome. Oh, yeah. This puzzle's really complicated. I push this button and it shoots out a suction cup and then moves the object. Yeah, it reminds me of Assassin's Creed. That's a good one stage puzzle. Right. So that was compounding that issue with not learning any of the meta world because there's no flavor. You are literally shuffled down, and that, I think that was the biggest problem that critics had: is it was shut. You were 
you were given a narrow pathway, so you were very controlled on the narrative, but you didn't get to go, go explore until two thirds into the game when Grand Pulse opens up, which then it became an actually fun, like engrossing. Oh my god, I can go anywhere I want. I wanted to explore the crap out of that place. Right. Absolutely. So uh, those were my two biggest cons. I'll move on since we are. Uh, go- I'm sure you guys have some more of my cons as well. Um, I'll go ahead and jump in here. The biggest con by far is the the pacing of the game. Uh, opening up the combat system for you, um, delivering uh, new types of gameplay. Uh, look at almost any other Final Fantasy title in the franchise, and one of the major characteristics of all those games, the reason why people love them so much, is because the pacing is almost spot on in every single game. You can continue the story uh, basically when you want to. You're only forced to play and like grind random battles for only so long one reason why i like world maps um but in this particular game um it's just such a treacherous effort that you have to put in to get to uh the next piece of the story and honestly the reward of getting the next story piece becomes tiresome after a while you want to do something different you want to accomplish something and progress mechanically in some way and you're just really never given an opportunity to do so so yeah, the the rewards for the amount of effort you have to put in in order to go through the different segments of the game is definitely in need of improvement. Luckily, I think that they did in the other two games, but they didn't really do it very well this time. Uh, I'll let you go last since you are kind of fresh set of eyes, and I think okay, my next one, my my biggest con is probably going to be one that nobody else really says. Uh, my biggest con was that I don't think it should have been called Final Fantasy. I think, honestly, as much as I, I rag on the game, because I do, I give it a hard time. I I played it to completion. I played all three of them to completion, and I honestly liked it. I, I, I had a good time, and I appreciate what it did right when it did those things. But Final Fantasy has always been, you know, th- this this series of, like, magic and, and scope and, like, you know the world is, you know, hanging in on by on by a thread. You know, and in some games, Final Fantasy VI, it that thread breaks. <laughs> uh but like this one is just literally like Brian said, you're walking down hallways and you're going towards the end. And yeah, there's a story for some motivation, but it's presented in such a terrible way that unless you go hunting for all that info you're not really going to get the full picture and you're going to be left as Brian said, wondering what just happened at the end. Like I thought the end was kind of goofy too. I was like, that's it. Well, I mean the story, it wrapped up nicely like the, the 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 personal story, but I had no like what is Grand Pulse? What is Cocoon? Right, you wanted to know more Why about the world they... and the environment. Yes, Absolutely. Yeah. I I agree wholeheartedly. It's been a while uh, since I played the game, but do you guys without actually exploring the submenu history data and stuff, do you actually know the motivation of the Falci? Like why they're doing what they're doing? I, I'm, I'm sure I don't I'm sure it explains. That's that's like the biggest puzzle piece to to put together like that actually made the story good in my opinion so i don't even remember now it's been a long uh, time since i yeah. played the if first the, one if just and the playing second the two main plot actually will deliver that information the second two don't have much to do with the first one so i didn't really those i remember more but it, it's just it's just not a final fantasy game to me it does not give me the same feeling that all those other games got and the music has a big part to do with that too it was just very atmospheric it's like 
like the Mass Effect, same thing. Uh, the music was good, but it wasn't front and center. You know, it was just always kind of like, right. you know, unless you're looking at a cutscene, like you said. Right. That's when, you know, obviously it's like, oh, man, big picture, everything, blah, blah, blah. But this, when you're running through some of the uh, the feels and you got the la, 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 la. I'm like, really? No. Stop. Just turn off. Please. Ugh. It's awful. And I mean, as far as cons go, other than linearity, I... It is a very well-made game. It's technically it's gorgeous. Uh, one final thing, though, on your comment about it, it doesn't feel Final Fantasy. Could it have something to do with the fact that all the characters are flat out forced into the situation? They like their personal motivations come second. They're not like trying to. The, the quest that they're on is completely forced upon them, which, to my recollection, is not. A staple of the Final Fantasy franchise, like it just it felt different to me in tone. Like it felt like that nobody really wanted to go and do this. They didn't even really know what their mission was or what their yeah, goal was. Yeah, I could was. see that. I could see I that. I think that that may have been a huge problem too. Yeah. The reason why it doesn't feel Final Fantasy. Yes. Yeah. Most of the game, people are just kind of traveling forward with absolutely no sense about what they're trying to do. That they, they're. I could see that they're walking forward to find out what to do. And they don't even know if they will. Yeah, they're just walking forward. Can't go left or right. Nope. That would be another game. Yeah. Now, I mean, <laughs> I personally like the tone of hopelessness that that well, that's portrays. Kind of but Way it's go, Matt. not. Um, it. it I, I certainly agree with you. It is definitely not uh, an example of Final Fantasy. So. No, like I said, it's it, Final Fantasy thirteen into the Final Fantasy series is like bringing sushi to a barbecue. You know, somebody's bound to like it. But it, does it really fit the theme? Technically, it's edible. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Oh, last thing. I was not a fan of Lightning as a character. I'm not. I think she's flat. I think she is devoid of emotion. Doesn't do anything. And the third game really shines with that. Like, there's some crap that happens to her. And she's just like, I'm sad. I really am. She's dead Look inside. Look at my face. I really am sad. She's dead inside. And then she says stuff like, my tears fall into the chaos. What does that mean? That's just bad dubbing. What does that mean? That's bad well, dubbing. I don't know. I, I bet that if you listen to it in the Japanese vocal track, it sounds fine. It sounds like this. Oh, and I'm sure I'll understand it, too, because I speak Japanese. Well, you can... Apology accepted. All right, Mark. All right. So, most games are linear. Most Final Fantasy games are linear. Most platformers are actually linear. Because you 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 know where you're supposed to go. Right. You you're going, can go other places, but you know exactly. where you're supposed to go. Absolutely. But the only games that are more linear than Final Fantasy XIII are racing games. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. <laughs> actually, with racing games, you can actually turn around and go the opposite. I would say that Final well, Fantasy XIII is more could linear. You turn around. I what would racing s- game has a great story, though? Yeah, I would say racing games are actually less linear than, uh, <laughs> great than story. Final Fantasy XIII. Because <laughs> a lot of racing games have like shortcut paths and yeah, yeah. yeah. So the best racing games actually are. I mean, are I actually more sent, like Need for Speed Underground. See, well, you're arguing against Final Fantasy Thirteen, but I actually We're sent JJ a uh, screenshot of the map because it was the most yeah. non-linear part I have experienced so far in the game. Where you get to go in off on game. the left? Yeah, it's pretty awesome. You can go off to the left and get a treasure chest, and then the path reconnects. It was pretty fantastic. Blew my mind. You're like, oh my god, a branch. <clears throat> and the plot seems interesting, but I don't understand what's going on. Right. Because of their Quentin Tarantino-esque plot delivery of, ooh, 11 days ago, 
Here's what happened. Oh, never mind. Back to the present. <laughs> Here's what happened 10 days, ten days ago. Never mind. Yeah. Back to the present. So, super disappointing because I have no idea what's going on in the plot. It is. It's extremely disappointing, and especially if you're an old school Final Fantasy fan. I'm having no fun exploring a world and it takes like seven hours to even get a little bit of depth to the combat system in the game. And I'm just sitting here thinking like, I don't care. Yeah. I'm not having fun. Right. See, and, and that's the thing is a lot of the pros that I have with the game and I, I a lot of the pros that you guys have with the game don't come into the game itself until way later on, until that three quarters point where you get to uh, uh, Grand Pulse and actually get to do some exploring and, yeah. and hunts and all this stuff and the combat system opens up. But you have to sit through this linear just, you know, hallway with nothing going on. And it's like, who's going to want to see? I mean, I don't know. It's like yep. if I if I had a dog turd yeah. on top of a bowl of cereal and somebody was like, well, if you eat through the dog turd, you'll at least get the cereal <laughs> on the bottom. Right. And, yeah. it's, and the cereal is good. So the level like, of the level design and linear was a definite misstep on Square Enix's part. And I, I don't hate Lightning. I don't hate any of the characters, but I don't like them. Right. That's how I feel. I'm I don't hate like her. Completely, I just don't like any of them. I'm I just no, indifferent. Right. I, yeah. I feel no attachment to any of them. None whatsoever. Even after all three games. Yep. Because they make you play as somebody <clears> freaking different. Whereas the, <laughs> the, other games. the bland, crappy character from Far Cry 4 I already care about. And it's not even a great character. No. No. It's a little awkward. Yeah. The whole point, like the design of the game was, the theme was fighting against fate. But I think when you are told that the characters have no choice, it takes away the feeling of attachment to them. Because it's like, oh, I'm not making a choice. So what's the point? Yeah. Interesting. It's interesting that I was able to develop a sense of empathy with a lot of the characters. I don't really know why that is. Maybe, mm-hmm. it, maybe I like Lightning because I know some people in real life that act like that. I don't know. Like that introverted... She's very typical... Hiding an emotion. Very soldier. She's yeah. very soldier. Very I mean, stoic. I know people who were in the army that act just like her who are like just stone walls. Been in, they've been in a war. But that's, and that's the thing. is like Because she's not the first Final Fantasy character to do that. Right. Like you said, Cloud and Squall were the same way. I wasn't huge fans of them. I love the games. But it wasn't because of Cloud and Squall. It's just not your type of character. It was the surrounding cast. Sure. And I think and I, I think I've made this point before. The fact that the surrounding cast around Lightning isn't that great by themselves either is the fact that I'm like, she she just kind of shines forth. Right. And I'm like, oh, she's the strongest one. Yeah. Huh. Hope hope can jump. Yeah, no, I, she's a believable character. Yes. Right. But she's not an interesting one. Right. At least to me. No, I feel the same way. Honestly, Final Fantasy Thirteen needs to have a subtitle to it, Part One, because right. it's not a complete game in and of itself. Yeah. It just isn't. Yeah. You you need to play the sequel games and see the evolution of the characters in order to give any justice to sure. the original story that was trying to the be presented. only the only character that I really felt had any growth from the other two games was Hope, uh, literally, because you don't see the other ones more than you know fifteen twenty mm-hmm. minutes. I, I would say that, yeah, like Fang and Vanille, their their story's pretty much done after the first game. But You do see Fang quite a bit in the third one. Yeah, but their their story's still pretty much done. But I I argue differently. I think the lightning does change quite a bit, but you apparently have a different experience. But I also see agony all over her face in the first game. You didn't see that at all. So. No. 
new. All right, well, so do we recommend it? Mark, you are the, the newcomer to the game. What do you think? I actually do recommend it because I think everyone needs to see just how bad a JRPG can be. <laughs> really nice. Now, keep in mind, guys, he didn't finish the game. No. So no. take it with a grain of salt. Uh, like I said, a lot of the game opens up oh, very, if you have patience. Right. right. I, oh, I, believe, yeah. I believe that it gets better. Yeah. It's just a problem that it wasn't good to begin with. Yeah. Uh, I would say that Final Fantasy Thirteen is a very important game. I don't necessarily think that everyone should play it. I think that most people who are fans of JRPGs should play it eventually. Because it does take leaps and bounds forwards in a, a lot of different areas. It tried a lot of new things. Um, but overall, I think that what's really important is, like, let's just say there, for anyone who wants to make video games or go to school for games or something like that, like what I did, you could teach an entire course based on this game. This is a perfect example of how things can go wrong, uh, even the most minor of mistakes. And... Uh, yeah, for for those reasons, I think that I, I think that a lot of people should play it so that they can understand like how bad things can get, and there's some silver lining in it that also makes it worth playing anyway. I love how our strongest argument so far for playing the game is this is how bad things can get. Right. That's why you should play it. <laughs> like, yeah. what, what? You guys are recommending this? Well, I mean, like I said, I mean, it, if you can get through the first few hours of the game, it does get Oh, it's better. not no, a no, few. Not the first few. No, it's look, not a few. No, for yeah. me, I enjoyed the game as soon as I stopped using auto battle. As soon as I actually forced myself to start playing the damn game instead of just letting the game play itself, I actually had some fun with it. I was trying to get... You don't even get summons uh, until like seven hours in. And the summons suck. Summons are awful. I hate the summons. That would be game. another con. Con. Uh, motorcycle just motorcycle give me a summons scene. are not... Give me a no. really awesome cutscene like in the other games. With the graphics we have now, let me summon and let, let it be like a sweet cutscene. Do a huge explosion. Done. Not a stupid motorcycle or, or a horse that I have to ride on. That Titan summon in Final Fantasy Fifteen. Right. Give me. That's a, what I want. A summon. That's, that's what legitimate. I want. Anyway, um, as for me, if you're a pa- I'm patient gamer. I I can handle it. I recommend it with the caveat that. Once you beat it, you'll be like, excellent. But I even, even me, when I was playing it, I was like, is this it? Is this it? Okay, keep going. It's a pretty game. It's a beautiful game. You're basically playing a very long interactive movie. Uh, I, I do recommend it, the, recommend it based on the characters. I did like them. Uh, so just keep in mind that when, when I recommend this, it's cheap enough now that it's, if, it made, if you made a mistake, you only, you're only about 10 20 bucks. Uh, so I recommend it's it with the, the caveat price. that be patient with it and get through it. And you'll at the end of the journey, you'll be like, okay. That was worth it. During the time, you may question it, so keep that in mind. But uh, for me, I do uh, a tentative recommend. I, I don't know how you guys felt about it, but like within an 30 minutes of playing the game, to me, it just blatantly looked like the game wasn't done. That's just to me. So my expectations at that point just dropped to like such a small, low level that I was still able to play through it and enjoy it for no, what I it didn't was. get that. It was fine. It, it was just, fine. It's just a slow game. Get slow yep. pacing. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, as far as recommending it for me, I recommend it if you're a Final Fantasy fan and you want to play all the games yeah. like me. Uh, I, I'm, you know, that's, that's my series has been for since day one and uh, it, I'm a huge fan. So I, I will always play it. It's your Suikoden in four. Yes, it is. Yeah, <laughs> it is absolutely. <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, but uh, 
the only reason I would say to play it otherwise is because it's so cheap at this point. Right. If you're looking for a deep gameplay experience, I'm sorry, you're not going to find it here. It. Nope. It's just not going to be there. Yeah. If you're looking for a great story, you might find it if you do all the extra work to yeah. to look through the the extra stuff. I cannot recommend it just as somebody who's looking to maybe try a new JRPG. I just I can't in good conscience do that. Ha- have your four year old daughter play through the first twenty hours of the game, then start playing it, and then you'll get your deep experience. I would say, if you like Matrix Revolution, then you'll like this game. Because it's beautiful, and it's pointless, and stupid. And if you like all that, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> all right. All right, there you have it. Final Fantasy thirteen. We kept it civil. Mixed. Uh, mixed no, you guys we're right, actually in agreement. It's kind uh, of a bad game. I can tell you right now on the message boards before we recorded this, we were not in agreement at all. It was I was too sick to really yell at that. A lot of screaming. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of caps. Well, I mean, <laughs> I have different ways that I can look at games. From an objective standpoint, it's a bad game. From me being a Final Fantasy fan standpoint and also giving them a break because I thought the game wasn't done, I thought it was a pretty good game. And also, I did, in fact, enjoy a lot of it. I'm telling you, that auto battle button being there is the biggest detriment to that game. By far. I want to control my other party members. I agree. And I think that they should have done that in the next game. You can't games. do that with a with an action. But you system, see the, the the problem is like all that all that square here is is that, you know, it, it's a terrible game, then then that means they just shouldn't do anything that they did from Final Fantasy thirteen. I don't want that. I want this combat I want someone to pick up this combat system and make it good. Twelve was better. Yeah. Okay, so we're moving oh, on. Oh, them fighting words. We are going to our top five games of two thousand and fourteen. See what I did there? Loved it because I, I write the show, yeah, and I host it, yeah, so I can you. Lo- I loved cut it. People off and do that. I loved it. I love you. Typical host. Well, I things are weird now. Weird, <laughs> but not too weird. I'm no. comfortable with it. Yeah, it's I'm cool. like weirdly. I was yeah. kind of like shaking my head, like, okay, no, cool, absolutely, yeah. You didn't say it back though, which kind of hurt. Well, here's um, the thing. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're, we're uh, talking 2014, man, last year. Uh, so before we get into our top five games of the year, what do you guys think of 2014 as a whole? Was it a good year for gaming? A mixed bag. Yeah, it was not as good as the previous year. Yep. I think that's just the nature of new consoles, though. Yeah, Honestly, had I had a lot of launch issues. I still have a lot of games to play. Oh, that's Shadow- true. Too. Oh, I, I oh, didn't sure. get a play- chance to play Shadows of Mordor. <clears throat> I, I'm, basing it on, um, I'm basing it on kind of the general feedback People gotten right. a lot of launch issues, a lot of unfinished games being p- pushed out to market quick. There were there were a lot of games that not a lot. There were there were games that came out like Shadows of Mordor, Far Cry Four, yeah, uh, Dragon Age, all that stuff that came out. It just didn't seem like there were as many of those big hard hitting titles. Well, but as that's normal, and that's launch. That's exactly new new console launch. Uh, basically, sickness. I guess is the word. Do you think? Do you think that's a? And this might go off and do some really horrible tangent, but do you think that? Uh, they're starting to spend more time focused on the consoles themselves rather than the games they're putting out? Uh, no, I honestly think it's... Uh, honestly, games now have become so complex. You need a team so big to create AAA games that uh, timelines are stretched so far That's that true. they're having a lot of... Pro- I think a lot of companies are having a lot of problem finding the profit. Yeah. And and, that's even what happened with Final Fantasy Thirteen. Yeah. They just had such a big team that it was hard to... Right. They couldn't agree on anything. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Took time. I I still don't understand this whole design by committee thing that a lot of Japanese companies do. I don't get it. 
They they need to have like the reason why Final Fantasy fifteen has a chance to be good is because Nomura doesn't put up with that. He he just makes decisions. Top five of two thousand fourteen. Who's got honorable mentions? Anybody? Uh, yeah, I do. Child of Light. It's kind of a side-scrolling platformer with RPG elements in it. Haven't very, seen very something like that. Game. I haven't seen something like that in a long time. Uh, just wanted to give a shout-out to that game because I thought it was really, really good. Absolutely, and made by the same studio, uh, Valiant Hearts, as well. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the core members for it actually uh, worked on Far Cry 3. I found that out today. It was pretty cool. Both fantastic games. If you haven't played them, they're short and they're they're gorgeous and they're side scrollers. And I'm not a fan of that. And so you know that should tell you something. High praise. So and, yeah, and, and the right. story is good and understandable. Yep. And that music, man, that music, phenomenal. Uh, my honorable mention is probably one that a lot of people won't agree with, but I, I liked Watch Dogs. I did. I thought it was a good game. I still do. I, I don't have a legitimate opinion on it. I didn't play it because it looked stupid. That's it. Watch Dogs, <laughs> Watch Dogs unfortunately got the uh, ire of the internet for some some bugs, which all games have. Uh, but right. it was the only big blockbuster out at the time, and uh, the internet culture is all about that, you know, counter. So it kind of got, you know, pooped on. Well, a little I mean, bit. also yeah. to be fair to me, it was developed by Ubisoft. Ubisoft, is, I haven't been happy with them for quite a while. So, like, uh, I don't like Assassin's Creed. <clears throat> I don't like it. I don't want to be fair to you. I kind of have a, a rule with Ubisoft, which is that I skip every other game in an installment. Yeah. <clears throat> so so Watch Dogs 2 will be a good game. Exactly. That's what my theory is. Maybe. So I'll wait for that second one. See, I thought Watch Dogs was a good game in itself. Uh, Either way. Mark, counterpoint, uh, Beyond Good and Evil. That's from a different era. Not even remotely 2014 at I'm all. I'm just saying that his, his mantra is skip every other title of oh, the... Oh, jeez. Oh, boy. Counterpoint. He's a good boy. Good boy. He is uh, such a good boy. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Anybody else? Honorable mentions? Nope. I think everything else I, is pretty I much on our list. Honestly, I played that many games in 2000, and you'll see that by my list. I was disappointed right. by a lot of games this year. That's because you probably didn't play Why didn't we do oh! an episode on that? <laughs> Titanfall. Um, <laughs> That's true. The one that Matt really wanted to like that I didn't like? Yeah, that one. I don't know what you're talking about, bro. I don't know what you're talking about either. I'm sorry. Let's get into it. Yeah. Let's get oh, going. Sunset Overdrive. That's right. Here we go. Yeah, the first game that Insomniac's made in quite some time that uh, apparently is not very good. Well, it depends All on right. who you ask. Quiet in the Here studio. All right. Moving on. Uh, I will start us off. Why not? Why not? You know what? No. Matt, you're the new guy. You start us off. Matt, go. Sounds good. Uh, my number five, Divinity Original Sin. I think that uh, Marcus talked yeah, about this. I played uh, some of that, Sometime yeah. last year. Mm-hmm. I- I'm kind of surprised I didn't see it at least on your honorable mentions list. I, I love well, you- this game. You're covering it. Um, it's kind of a it's kind of a throwback to the old school uh, roguelike RPGs like uh, like Baldur's Gate and stuff. But I, I don't know what it is, but like ju- I think the fact that it's a kickstarted game like set my expectations really low, and I was just blown be. away by the production values of it. Like dis- despite the fact that it was just a, a small studio game, I own it, but I haven't played it. Looking forward to you, it. You really should when you can find time. It's yeah. really good. I think you'll love the combat. Yeah, I love the combat. I'll get it when it's on Steam sale. Because I won't play it for a while. Yeah, it's so. Sit, I might as well just wait until it's $5. It's been sitting in my backlog. <laughs> uh, I'll go next. Okay. My number five is Bravely Default. Uh, great game. Honestly, it's not on my list because of how good it is as a game. It's mainly on there because of the impact that it made in letting Square Enix and, you know what, everybody else know, 
JRPGs are a thing, and people do like them, and they do like turn-based battles still, and they will sell well if you make them the right way, which this game did. I'm still confused why Square doesn't seem to didn't even understand that beforehand. Like Persona Three because and Persona be- Four. Like, well, really? because a lot of a lot of uh, for handheld for one, Persona Three and Four weren't handhelds, were they? Four, uh, they, I think, was on the Vita. They eventually went but, handheld, yeah, but I I don't get it. Like, I, the JRPG shouldn't have fallen off the face of the planet, and for some reason it did. I don't know why it did. It it, it, make it made waves, and uh, the fact that Bravely Second is is going to be coming out soon is uh, super exciting, and I can't wait for it. And man, Bravely Default on 3DS. If you haven't checked it out, and you are curious about JRPGs and that old school feel, bam, that game has it. Yeah, so play FF13, and then play Bravely Default. That way you'll feel better about contrast. yourself. <laughs> yeah, uh, Mark. All right, my number five is. Super Smash Bros. Wii U. And mainly, this is a testament to how much I hated last year. There are a lot of other games that I thought would be on this list, but they just weren't good enough. And what do I need to say about Super Smash Bros.? They're basically all the same game, but they're always so much fun to play with your friends. Yep. So I'm going to keep it short and sweet. There you go. Yeah, I would argue that they actually somehow found a way to make it better. Oh, that's true. And Brian's number five is Destiny. Destiny had fantastic fantastic console shootery horrible story one of the only it's one of only two original games on my list i have a lot of dlc and uh, expansions i didn't get around to playing a whole lot of the games in 2014 unfortunately they're in my backlog but uh, destiny was a testament to bungie's ability to craft a shooter on the console they just needed to work on the story so we had a blast playing that together very fun the the combat was jj even said on, on the headset holy crap these controls are tight like very, it was very intuitive. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I'm kind of curious what held them back from putting the story elements in the game. They should have utilized like Kickstarter or something to like, yeah. hey, we would like to maybe put they the story in the bring game. people to their website. Yeah. Bun- Bungie's always had really integrated weird. stuff on their website. They used to do that with Halo. Halo, They're like, uh, oh, go to our website, check your stats yep. and everything like that. They've always been really big on that. I, I gotta say, it's a bad decision. To it have was story. It's on goofy. The it's yeah. goofy. But the, the the gameplay was great enough that and the graphics were were beautiful enough that it's definitely on my list. Top five. Number five. All right. Are we back to me already? Wow, that yep. was quick. All right. Uh, my number four is actually on someone else's list later, so we'll talk about that. What is what your is number it? three? Uh, Diablo three Reaper of Souls. Okay. All right. My number four is also on somebody else's list. South Park, The Stick of Truth. We'll talk about it then. <laughs> my number four, Far Cry 4, is also on someone else's list, so we'll talk about it soon. <laughs> My number four is not on anybody's list. It's World of Warcraft expansion, Warlords of Draenor, which brought the brought the orcs back. I don't know. I was trying to go for a really catchy catch line, <laughs> but it didn't work. Uh, dude, it's awesome. You get Garrison's uh, new new narrative, really interesting storytelling, awesome cutscenes, beautiful, beautiful. This is probably the best artwork Blizzard's done in an expansion. The the, the the, the instances are good. The dungeons are good. The raids are fun. The boss fights are fun. Uh, we killed Iron Maidens last night, and we all screamed on vent because it was such an exciting kill. So this would this was this would have been one of my honorable mentions if you didn't have it on your list. Yeah. Um, simply because, like like I said, I'm taking a break from it. Sure, but if you are into the lore. This game brought it back Oozing. and brought it home. Yeah, yeah, and even so. bigger than that, I've never appreciated a lot of the music in WoW, 
but the song that goes on in Spires of Iraq is amazing. Yeah. I cannot believe how good of a song that is. Yep. So there we go. That's my number four. Matt, number three. My number three is Lightning Returns. JJ, all right, number two. <laughs> Final Fantasy XIII. I didn't have any chips, otherwise I would have yeah. totally been all over Look, that. Look, it's on my list because uh, I finally got the game that I felt like that uh, delivered the gameplay that we were looking for. Even you, JJ, can admit that the gameplay got a lot better. Absolutely. In, in yep. Lightning Returns. I enjoyed uh, almost everything about it, except for maybe the fact that the, at the beginning of the game, it's a little stressful handling the time limit. Um, until you get a, a hold on it and you're able to like freeze time and stuff it's, like that. Um, I honestly like I sped up the end of the game. I had like four days left, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah, but like the way it's presented at the beginning of the game, you're like, "Oh my god, I only have a limited time." Like, yeah, and I, was I stressed think that out can a be a turn bit, off so, for people too. So yeah, once I got over that hump, though, I, I really really like this game. Oh, what a Final Fantasy 13 game starting off slow and not making you want to finish it. Weird. Patterns are recognized. Hey, at least it's consistent. When patterns are recognized, they are recognized. I no, honestly, Matt's Matt's hundred percent right on this. It's each game in the in the trilogy. Honestly, I think approves upon the last. I would have liked to have more party members in Lightning Returns, but the game was centered around lightning. <laughs> oh god! Uh, <laughs> but the combat system was was a thousand times better. I really enjoyed it, and honestly, I like the. Uh, what what do they call the uh, the switching your your classes and stuff in that game? I can never remember what it's called. Paradigm yeah. shift? No, no, because no, it was something different. different. In this one, you actually like. Was it called Gremlin Saggers? It is. It is. In true Final Fantasy sequel fashion, you change your outfits. Well, yeah, fabulous. Yeah, <laughs> but it it works really well the way they did it, and I I thought it was actually very well done. Cool. So, nice choice. Lightning Returns, Final Fantasy thirteen. My number three is Far Cry 4, but it shows up later on somebody else's list, so we'll talk about it then. Mark? My number three is Halo, the Master Chief Collection. And I'm probably being too kind to it with all of the bugs <laughs> that have, have been riddling I've heard it the single player is not bad. It is fantastic. The, uh, the Halo 2 remastered is some of the best-looking stuff on the uh, Xbox One right now. I can tell you if I get an Xbox One, this will be the first game I get. Yep. Uh, yep. It's just Same. the value you get yep. for so cheap. And uh, going back and playing Halo 2 multiplayer again after all these years just reminds me that, man, that's still some of the best multiplayer yes. FPS gameplay that has been made. Except for that stupid sword. Is the sword die, oh, yeah, the sword's a little a, over the top. Can die in a fire. What's that? Is it still ridiculous, the sword? Yeah, it's still ridiculous. Yeah. But I other than that, I always died way too much because I didn't really shoot people that often. All I would do was try to get the sticky grenades on somebody. Well, because I thought it was funny. It's hilarious. Pretty fun. That, was, that was all I would try to do. <laughs> I would I would spend so much time just driving the warthog to that little windmill. Yes, absolutely. And letting it get flipped over. So much fun. <laughs> but right. fantastic game. Mark's number, what was that, your three? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mark's number three, Halo of Master Chief Collection. Brian, your number three is the same as my number four. Yeah, let's talk about South Park Stick of Truth real quick. I haven't laughed as hard in a game since uh, Day of the Tentacle, which is out on goodoldgames.com. Please pick it up and play it. It's a it's a click, point and click adventure game, but it's got some of the funniest humor. Until South Park Stick of Truth, I don't know about you, JJ, but I was smiling and laughing the whole time. It's just like watching an episode. I yeah. was dying. Oh, yeah. I mean, have you either one of you two played it? No, I haven't no. yet. I I know I need to. Phenomenal, it really, is. and it's not long. No. It's a short game. It's a good, but it's so funny, so good, and it's a very polished game too. 
Um, Absolutely. Feels like South Park, plays like South Park. Very standard uh, turn-based RPG. You played it on PC, right? Yes. So you probably had a lot less bugs than I did. I had no bugs. It was <laughs> one of the most polished games. I played it right around release on uh, PS3. I mean, it was it's still playable and still, still a great game, but uh, yeah. there were definitely some hiccups in there. Um, I... Man, it's just... A really, really good time. It's a love letter to South Park fans. Absolutely. If you're a South Park fan, there's so many references in there. It's oh, unbelievable. Even if you're not a South Park fan and you just like RPGs, this has something for you. Ah, I'm Katata Fish. It, it's, uh, yeah, I can't say enough good things about it. It's great. It was, it was a great game. Yep. All right, number two. Matt's number two is the same as Mark's number four and my number three. What is that game, Matt? Uh, that game is probably going to be Far Cry th- 4. I was Ooh. about to say 3. <laughs> well, I wish it was Far Cry 3, but Far Cry 4 is really good. It too. takes place in a different location. It does. What's that fictional country, Matt? I don't remember. This one? In 4? Yeah, it's Kirat. 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 Not Kilat. It's Kilat. You ki- it's no, not it's not. Kilat. That's just not how it's pronounced. Not. What's the bad guy's name? K-Y-R-A-T. Kirat. What was the bad guy's name? In Anyways, that? Pagan Men. Oh, that is it. I didn't know. Yeah, see, that. I've been playing a lot. Well, man, it's highest up on your list. What do you think of it? Well, I, I, I love the way that it's designed. The reason why it's on my list is because Far Cry. Every single time, they, they, they never come short of amazing me at how well they design an open world. Like it's a, it's, it's the most believable world that I've ever seen. That that's basically why it's there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Mark? I really like some of the little additions that have been added to this game, like Auto Drive. Yeah. Oh, excellent. You were excited <laughs> about that when you yeah, first. Yeah, it was pretty fantastic. <laughs> I just got a, I get a message from him on Facebook, which says, Auto Drive, in all caps. I was like, yeah, he's playing Far Cry. <laughs> then, you go, then you can go pee. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know if I do that. Yeah, but you can still get shot at and no, stuff on the way. True. But just being able to hit Auto Drive and know you're going to get where you're going. And uh, the grappling hook is awesome as well. It's kind of like a, a fast travel for people who don't want to fast travel. Obviously. Yeah. Have yeah. you gotten to use the uh, the single one-man flying yeah. machine thing? It's pretty insane. That thing is cool. It's awesome. Yeah. I I mean, the story is not the greatest in the world. It's forgettable. Um, mm-hmm. and maybe it is good if you just play it straight through doing only story missions. But there was so much side stuff, I didn't even care. I yeah. just wanted to go in there, and I just wanted to have fun in the big old sandbox. And All the, I can care about is going and taking over outposts. Absolutely. I've just, yep. The solutions to problems seem very off the cuff to me a lot. That that was another thing that, that kind of grabbed my eye when, you know, you would use C4 to blow up a bear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when when you have nothing else that you can think of that's going to be able to stop it. And you're just like, wow, okay, I guess that works. Yeah, I, I had so much fun with this game, and I, I played it almost, I, I mean, I beat it. But uh, I think I got, like, 92% of everything. So nice. I'm right at the end there. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, all right. Anybody got anything else to say about Far Cry 4? Still have to play it. I, I wish its story was as good as 3. That's about it. All right. My number two was going to be my number one until I played another game uh, recently. Mario Kart 8 is my number two. Mario Kart 8. Uh, no, obviously not a story-focused game, but... Nintendo hit this one out of the park. They needed to. I mean, this game is phenomenal. I've always been a fan of the Mario Kart series. Uh, They're all really good. But this one, I think, really just does everything right that all the other games did. And and doesn't, you know, one of those situations where it doesn't fix what isn't broken. Adding in the anti-gravity, 
and making the tracks like when you're going you're you're going down a track and you're driving straight and then you see somebody else on the ceiling driving in the opposite direction that's just so cool man it's just freaking mario kart amped up you know you have to play it i can't really even put it into words because it's just that good uh but i mean kudos to nintendo for for putting out a, a wonderful wonderful game and uh i'm still not tired of it Nice. So I told Brandon this is one of the games I was going to get him to get hooked on, so we can stop. I'll play some Mario Kart bashing on Nintendo. Like we we had a we had a lot of people comment on what Brandon was saying. Yeah, <laughs> Brandon <laughs> so, uh, he had a he uh, induced the ire of the Nintendo fanboy. We've been we've been asking for hate mail for how long? Yeah. Brandon comes on once. once <laughs> people are like, that guy has no idea what he's talking about. Uh, so that's my number two, Mario Kart Eight, Mark. My number two oh, is and Brian's. also Brian's number two. Hey! hey! And my number four. And that's number four. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about... Guys, go ahead, Mark. Diablo 3, Reaper of Souls. Reaper they fixed Diablo! Yeah. I have to admit... Sorry. No, go. I have to admit, I can't distinguish between the original game and Reaper of Souls because I got it all at the same time. Right. Yep. <clears throat> so, this, is, this game is a testament to why Blizzard, and I don't care about what you think... They're the best gaming company around. It's honestly not close. They made a game. They messed up. Okay? The yep. original iteration of Diablo had a lot of issues. They had a real money auction house, which was a good idea in theory, but made the game just didn't want to play it. Like I went on I went online once all the gear got really cheap, bought all my legendaries, and I was like, I don't I don't need to play the game anymore. I just need to set my character. And the fun about the old Diablo games was doing runs, Bale runs, yep. doing uh, Mephisto runs. And so what they do, they literally re- released an X-Pack and changed the whole game. and said, okay, bye-bye money, real money auction house. That was a mistake. Sorry, done, cut. Uh, here's what we do. We're going to make an adventure mode where you literally do runs and riffs to get gear. Oh, yeah, Nephilim riffs. Uh, it's, Pretty awesome. It's almost mind-blowing that they literally said, yeah, we messed up. We're just going to go ahead and make it the way it should be. And they did. They put resources into it. They changed the game around completely. And honestly, I got addicted. Like I played the first part of it, and I was like, ah, it's, it's okay. But then I got re-addicted to it when they released uh, Reaper of Souls. That's why it's on my list so high. I think, I think one of the things that makes Blizzard so successful is they're fans of their own games. They like, are. Like, they're not yes. just salesmen. They're not just right. up there being like, hey, we got this new game coming. You should totally check it out because we put a lot of work into it, and we don't really it's going to be really good, enough. and yeah. blah, blah, like, blah. Blizzard North went dead silent radio silence for two weeks and blizzard central had to have someone drive up there to find out what was going on because they weren't returning their phone calls right. and they just went in there and everyone was just like oh what well, oh we would just been playing the game sorry yeah they were they were playing what, <laughs> I, diablo i'm serious like, a true story yeah they were playing diablo 2 yeah it was amazing i mean that's that's good to know yeah they're they're gamers that make games for gamers for gamers by gamers pretty much that's their motto and yeah. uh that's what they're like you jj said they're not out there peddling their i don't play games but this is a great game it's right. like they i mean honestly if you hear some of them talk about their games they are utmost the utmost passionate you know they they take it personally they they want their games to be you know badass and fun and they will they will they will create a game to release and then be like Sit at a table and go. This game's not fun, and then they'll drop it. Yeah, Starcraft Ghost. Ghost. Yep. Yeah. So the amount of money that they just pissed away. Yeah. I can't believe they did that, but it was it was probably the smartest decision yeah. that any game. And that's Blizzard, ever made. and that's why Reaper of Souls is so high on my list. I, yeah. I literally got readdicted to a game I bought a year ago. I thought the plot was really good too. It was, it was, I mean, it was a really typical good. like nonsensical Diablo yeah. plot. 
but just all that all those details being in cha- uh, Act Four, yeah, of the original game about mm-hmm. the missing angel and then all boom. that stuff, yeah, I thought it was fantastic. Mouthfeel, yeah, that was a very good game. I mean, and it really appealed to my sense of OCD, where I'm just so obsessed with the different gear that I get. Yeah, just sorting through everything, looking at all the different stats. Yep. For me, a, a personal touch was also uh, finding the books of lore all over the place that were all voice acted. And the voice acting was incredible yeah. on all of them. Yep. Standard oh. Blizzard. Okay. Number ones. Matt, you and I have the same one. Sure do. Dragon Age Inquisition. The reason why it's my number one, this game shocked me. I can't believe how good it is. You, yeah, you weren't a fan of Bioware. I have not been a fan of Bioware for a long time since pretty much the Baldur's Gate days. Although, Ma- although the, the Mass Effect series is pretty much going to change my mind on that. But um, honestly, Dragon Age 2 was super disappointing and everyone that I, I I don't know a single person who really enjoyed playing it uh, and except maybe you guys um, I, I admit I have not played the second I one played I've only the played the one. first one yeah so like I, I didn't have any expectations for Dragon Age Inquisition at all and I, I was you know I was telling uh, you know my friends online just like I don't know I, I don't even think you should waste your time with it and then it came out and I just I, I want to go home and play more that's honestly that's that's how I feel I, I just want to. I, I want to play this game and never stop. Um, I'm just trying to to get stuff done so I have time to play it. I picked I picked it up uh, earlier. Well, I picked it up the end of last year, but I only started playing it in like the beginning of January. And I mean, right from the get go, I was telling you guys like yeah, this game man. is amazing. It really, really is. There's just so much going on. You've got the uh, these rifts that are opening up in the sky with demons pouring out. Then you've got the war between the Templars and the mages. Um, and then you've got your Inquisition trying to kind of be in the mediator between everything. Right. Um, and then there's all these little short little side stories, typical Bioware fashion. Sure. Uh, all over the place. You've got your carrier characters and stuff. I'm not really a huge fan of the cast of characters, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, it's not Mass Effectian. It's... I don't know. I I don't know. I can't really put my finger on it, to be honest with you. But for um, me, like, there's still 90 hours of that level of gameplay, and apparently it never slows down. That's what I understand. It, there, there's a lot to do. Yeah. there's. I honestly thought I was pretty far, and then there was a big, huge battle and some plot twists and crazy stuff happening, and I was like, oh, I feel like I've just started now. Great. I, I'm also appreciating a lot of the throwbacks to old-school Bioware stuff. That that's in this game. A lot of the mechanics, uh, it, it's hard to explain, but the the style of the way the mechanics are presented will remind you of the old school like Icewind Dale and Baldur's Gate games. Right. Yep. But it's it has the new flair and action elements of the Dragon Age series. So. Quick two seconds. We have Drorogens. We've got Drage Two, and now we've got Drinquisition. Brian, everybody. I, I'm never going to remember those names, <laughs> yep. Brian. That's so. Brian. Hi guys. Anyways, my game of the year, hands down, for 2014, Dragon Age Inquisition. Mark, number one, sir. My number one is Middle-Earth Shadow of Mordor. And I actually wrote a review of this. You can go see it on our website, fmgaming.net. This game is fantastic. It's so good that uh, Ken Levine, creator of Bioshock and Bioshock Infinite, said that it shocked him and changed his perspective on how you can design emergent storylines in games. That's pretty high praise. That's probably one of the best compliments that you can get right now yeah. in the industry. The Nemesis system is just incredible. The way it has randomly generated enemies that have unique personalities that remember what you've done to them over the course of the game. 
kind of sounds like what DC Universe was going for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Go read my review if you want to know more. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah, it I think the only movie. reason that the three of us don't have it on there is I don't think I we haven't played, played it. it. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, I'm I'm looking forward to the sequel. Yeah, it's probably going to be way better. I own yeah. it, but I haven't played it. Because there was room for improvement. Um, Brian, number one. My number one's a DLC, but it's a DLC from one of the best games I've ever played, The Last of Us. Uh, it's the uh, story left behind. shows Ellie's or- origins with her friend. Um, Going to keep it short and simple. It has the same production values as the original game. Storytelling's phenomenal. I mean, Naughty Dog, man. Whew. Number one. Game Naughty of the, Dog. Game of the year. DLC worth the purchase. <laughs> All right, so there you have it. Our top five games of 2014. I am super excited for 2015. I think this is going to be great time to be a, a gamer to watch. Yeah, great time to be absolutely. a gamer. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, once again, I want to mention SoPro Gaming. Um, if uh, if you get the chance and you've got just you know a couple extra bucks, really, really, they would appreciate any support that you can give. It's awesome. Uh, they do have a website up. It's kind of under construction right now, but you can kind of see what they're going for. It's SoProGaming.com. And uh, you can link to their Kickstarter right there, or you can just go to Kickstarter and do a search for SoPro Gaming. Go check them out; it's legit, good stuff. They're they're good people, and uh, they are doing some things that we wholeheartedly support. So yep. we want to see the hobby expand, and and these guys are their hearts in the right place. Yeah. So anybody have anything else for this episode? I'm good. The Matastrophe is now going to sign off. Oh, that was the uh, cheesiest thing I've ever heard hey, in my life. Hey, you came up with Hold the on. name. Here we go. Ever. <laughs> uh, it was your delivery of it. Yeah. It, it should have been like this. Marthastrophe! Yes, that would have been way better. He's a good boy. Absolutely, he's a good boy. He's a good it should boy. should have been like boy. this. Matt signing off. Mark, feel better, <laughs> and uh, if you get me sick, I'm going to write you an evil... Uh, Whoa! Uh, it, I support it. You are going to get sick. You Everyone, are all going to get uh, sick. Everyone needs to write hate yeah. mail to Mark for getting Brian sick. You're, you're yeah, both getting sick, too. That's not cool. That's not cool, man. That is not happening. All right, with that, this is the Frozen North signing off. My name is JJ. My name is Mark. (laughs) And my name is Brian. And I'm Matt. Thanks again. And as always, keep on gaming. theme song was made available through the Creative Commons Attribution License by Ziphoid. The song title is Radical Fanfare. <laughs>